Welcome to the first ever episode of the Western States Junior Hockey Talk Podcast. My name is Stephen Force, and not sitting across the table from me, but sitting somewhere else in the valley of Phoenix, Arizona, Mr. Charles Woodall Pike. How are you doing today, Charles? Is, is this going to be a theme for our podcast? Like every two years we rebrand? <laughs> every 50 episodes. Yeah. That's that's the uh, that's the apparent shelf life of this podcast. <laughs> right. It's is two years or fifty episodes, and then you know we've got to change our name up, and we we just can't get past the fiftieth episode extravaganza. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, so we are now the Western States Junior Hockey Talk podcast, or just Western States Junior Hockey Talk. So I'm sure everyone listening has you know heard the news at this point of what uh what went down this past week in um junior hockey out here out west but what our plan is is that instead of just focusing on what the WSHL is doing we are going to expand our scope to now also include the western expansion of the USPHL premier league division i'm still trying to figure out the proper words for all of this um so if you follow us on social media, those accounts are still the correct accounts. If you want to join in the conversation on social media, our new Twitter and Instagram handles are at WSJR Hockey Talk. So that stands for Western States Junior Hockey Talk. That's both on Twitter and Instagram. And then that old fan forum on Facebook is now just called Western States Junior Hockey Talk as well. A lot of new names to memorize, but, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll get it down and, you know, definitely join the conversation or, you know, if you've been part of the conversation before, stick around. I mean, just, we've got a new name now. So the last time that we recorded a podcast, you and I were at the Franciscan Renewal Center, what, maybe four or five days before, like, Arizona kind of shut down. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like that second week of March, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, so it's been about a month. How, how, are, how are you doing in this whole quarantine life? Uh, you know, just hanging in there as best I can. Uh, of course, a lot of things have had to be adapted to online in my life. Um, like my my regular job, I now work from home remotely. Yeah. Uh, the classes that I've been taking at Scottsdale Community College have been moved to an online format. So it's just kind of been a, it, there was a lot of just like time where nothing was happening. And then it was just trying to adapt to a new way of doing this, the same thing that I've been doing for the last three or four months. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bit crazy, you know? Um, and so it's, it's fun to be back and talking hockey, talking sports. Um, I don't know about you. I've been counting down the days to the NFL draft, just, just wanting, wanting some sort of sports in my life. Um, and so to be able to, you know, talk here on the weekend with, uh, with you about hockey is, uh, is pretty great. So let's get into the big news that went down. Um, we were first alerted of this news on the former fan forum, the Facebook group by, um, I want to say Brendan Colbertson bond, a, uh, a goalie in the WSHL posted saying, Hey, um, can anyone confirm that some of these teams are leaving the league? And that happened. I want to say like Tuesday or Wednesday that he posted something about that. And, you know, so a few rumors were flying here and there, and then it was, okay, Friday morning, watch out, the big news is dropping. And here's what the big news was. Eight former WSHL teams have now joined the United States Premier Hockey League, the USPHL. Those eight teams, the Fresno Monsters, the San Diego Sabres, the Anaheim Avalanche, I don't know if you noticed that they no longer go by Ontario officially, um, the Utah Outliers, Southern Oregon Spartans, Las Vegas Thunderbirds, Pueblo Bulls, and the Northern Colorado Eagles. So, Charles, what was your reaction to all of this? 
I mean, my first reaction was, you know, this is this is huge news. This is a, a big shakeup for the WSHL. I mean, we, I know we've talked in the past during past off seasons about, you know, oh hey, these teams are leaving for this league, or these teams are suspending operations, or these teams are coming in from somewhere else. I. I don't think since we've done this, there's been this magnitude of a bunch of teams moving from one spot to another. In Right. Yeah, and just this sudden of a time, too. Because, I mean, yeah, we heard about this news, I believe it was that Wednesday was when that was posted. And, you know, it it literally just came out of the blue, it feels like. And, you know, now we have the official word that, you know, all these teams in the West and in the Northwest are now going to be in one division in a different league. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So these eight teams and, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, throw other teams that ceased operations under the bus, but, it was teams where you could look at what was happening during the season and sort of, you know, see the writing on the wall of like, okay, uh, you know, like, like Cheyenne, Cheyenne had some issues there in their last season. And then during that off season, they ceased operations. Right. So like we were expecting that to see NOCO and Fresno and Utah. I mean, like these are teams that, that we were talking just a month and a half ago about are they Thorn Cup contenders? Yeah, you know, these are these are some of the bigger name teams that are part of this group that are going to be going to the USPHL. Uh, and, you know, this also impacts a lot of the rivalries that we've come to know in the WSHL as well. I mean, you know, what, what's going to happen with Ogden? Are they going to stay in place? Are they going to join this league as well? Um, what happens with El Paso? Um, so just that, that's the other thought that comes to mind is, you know, what about these other big name teams that are, you know, have had longstanding rivalries in some cases and in other cases, rivalries that just started this year that are now being separated. Yeah. I mean, we had one year of the Pueblo El Paso storyline and that's it. And I mean, we, we, we didn't even get a playoff series, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it, 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 it stings when you're looking at this and I mean, pretty much the entire Western division We'll we'll get to Valencia later on in the podcast, but pretty much the entire Western division is gone now. Yeah, that's, that's the case is that San Diego, Anaheim slash Ontario, uh, Las Vegas, you know, all those teams in the West that were up at the top of that division, you know, we were, we were highlighting that division all year. It seems like talking about those four teams and how exciting of a race that was. And they are now part of this group that's moving to this other league. And, you know, that, that leaves just Valencia and, you know, Valencia, you know, there's a whole story going on with them um, with the fact that they currently do not have a home rink. Right. Right. So, uh, so the, the USPHL sent out a press release yesterday, Friday morning, um, announcing this news. Uh, looking at the press release now, it looks like they updated it in the afternoon with some extra information. And so here are just a few of the highlights that I got going through it this morning, uh, prepping for the podcast. The league now has the largest footprint of any junior league. 
They have teams in 24 of the 48 continental states. But that's half. That's half. And yeah, I mean, you, when you then you think about junior hockey leagues, you know, they're typically concentrated in just a few states. Uh, you know, you think of the leagues that are in the Northeast or in the Midwest, but only in those sections. Um, you know, of course, with with these sort of travel junior leagues, they're trying to keep the cost of travel down as much as possible. So they're, they typically kind of carve out a chunk and that's their, that's their boundaries pretty much. Uh, with this league, yeah, there's something north of 50, almost 60 teams yeah. in their, in their premier division. And they're actually split up in terms of like geographic order. So it's kind of like a bunch of smaller leagues almost under one big league. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, the press release said that these new teams, these former WSHL teams, they're going to make two new distinct conferences of USPHL premier. So my guess is Fresno, San Diego, Anaheim, and Southern Oregon in one, and then Utah, Vegas, Pueblo, and NOCO in the other, right? So have like a California and Medford deal and then have, what, Utah, Nevada, Colorado? Yeah, or, or kind of like a, a true West Coast and then like the Rocky Mountains yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what kind of news comes out from the USPHL. Um, they said that announcements of additional members to, this, to these conferences will be made in the coming weeks. Not just could be made in the coming weeks, but will be made in the coming weeks. Yeah, that's, that's, a big interesting take from it as well is they're not done growing. It sounds like, uh, and who knows if that means more teams from other leagues or if there are, if they're going to be getting expansion teams that are brand new and starting in the USPHL. But, you know, like, like you said, it kind of builds on that last point when we were talking about, them being part of two new conferences. Um, And you can't really fill that, it sounds like, with just a five and a three split or a four and a four. So it sounds like more teams will be added in to fill out the rest of those two new divisions. Now, I know that, you know, the majority of people listening to this are probably WSHL fans, right? these new teams that are coming in are not necessarily WSHL teams, right? Just because there's additional members that they're bringing in and applications are still being accepted. I've seen people talking about, Oh, that's it for the WSHL. No. (laughs) Um, You know, these, these could be new expansion teams. These could be teams from other leagues. Um, You know, I mean, we've, We've seen uh, the team up in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, they used to be in the Tier 3 league in, uh, under the USPHL. So maybe they could pop up here in the Premier Division. Right. There's a, there's a lot of f- fluid parts right now. Um, so we don't know for sure what they're referring to when they say adding additional members. I mean, that could be, that could be the WSHL. That could be other leagues, uh, other West coast leagues that could be expansion teams. And, you know, I, I, I feel the, the reaction of that's it for the WSHL is a little bit blown out of proportion yeah. because 
you know, yes, the league just lost a good chunk of teams to another league. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're going to be looking at playing next year with just, you know, the Midwest teams and Canada, you know, that's, that's not, I don't think that's the route they're, they're looking at. They're no. They're they're going to look at filling those vacancies that they have now with other teams in either similar locations or different locations. Uh, so I think it's I I think saying that it's the the end of the WSHL is just it it's a it's a knee jerk reaction to what we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone's on edge as it is right now. <laughs> um, and then, I, I mean, I, I, I really think that played into some of the reaction that we saw this week, right? Is like everyone, everyone's waiting for, for the world to end right now as it is. So, you know, uh, bad news about WSHL, that's it. It's all over. Uh, so a few other points from this uh, USPHL release. These teams will be traveling to the East Coast for at least one showcase. I've heard the possibility that they could be traveling to the East Coast for two different showcases. So, that I mean, that's really been like the selling point of the WSHL year after year, right, is their big Vegas showcase. So these teams, these players, they're still going to be at showcases. Um, I still have to look into these showcases. I'm, I'm going to guess they're just as good as the WSHL showcase. I mean, this league has been around for a few years. They probably know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, the showcases are a big part of every junior hockey league. It's, it, it feels like, you know, they're, that's the, that's the big marquee event on the calendar where they gather all the teams together and you know it's it's their opportunity to show what they've got to scouts or coaches in in higher tiers or even collegiate uh teams i mean how many guys do we see go from the WSHL to either NCAA Division Three or ACHA Division One teams, right, right, you know, yeah. There, there are those those pipelines that get you to the next level once you are done with your junior career, um, or you're trying to take the next step in your junior career, uh, and that's that's what those showcases are for. Um, and then it also mentions that each conference will have representation at the USPHL National Championship, which, you know, that's also another big selling point for kids is, you know, you, you know, you play your season and then you go to this championship if, if your team does well enough. And, you know, that's another chance to build their junior resumes and, you know, show that to uh, coaches and uh, scouts later on and say like, Hey, I've done, you know, this, this, and this in my, in my junior career. Right. And, and it's not just, you know, one of these eight teams either. It's each conference. So you're going to see at least two of these teams making their way to the national championships every year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, to, to have that opportunity, you know, that's, that's what everyone plays for. You know, that's, that's what you play the whole season for is to get that opportunity to go to your league's championship. You know, they, you know, here in the, in, in the WSHL, it's the Thorn Cup. Uh, I, don't know what they have in the USPHL, but you know, I, I'm imagining it's something similar. Right. Uh, so in, in the press release, 
they went through team by team and introduced the teams. Now, the majority of them, I mean, San Diego, they're still at the Iceplex in Escondido. Um, Tomas Capusta is still at the helm there. Anaheim, they're still at the rinks at Anaheim Ice. Utah's the same. Um, NoCo's still the same. They mentioned that Fresno plays at Selland. I'm wondering if that's full-time or if that's going to be a little bit of like a part-time deal again. Uh, I think the biggest news in all of this that kind of just gets, you know, thrown into, you know, line number 200 of a press release is that the Las Vegas Thunderbirds are now at city national. Yeah. Um, That's the one they mentioned. And so they're not at Sobe anymore. Uh, And so now, of course, you know, city national, it's a nicer rink. Um, It's not in a hotel casino. Um, so just from a fan base perspective, I think you're going to see, you know, more people willing to go to city national because they've already gone to city national to see their golden Knights practice. Right. So, Oh, Hey, now I can go there to see the Thunderbirds play on the weekend. Um, but I think from a, from a branding perspective, and from a recruitment perspective, I mean, you're playing at, I don't know, one of the newest and nicest practice facilities for an NHL team. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that's a big selling point for a lot of these junior hockey teams is, you know, where do you play your home games at? And, you know, if you're a, 15 16 year old kid you know wouldn't you just be over the moon to play at a nhl practice facility for your home games i mean that's that that's that's a big drawing point for the thunderbirds for sure right um i think i think the other note in here that was uh really stood out to me was about pueblo and I mean, we, we saw the success that Pueblo had, especially in the second half of last season. I, and I knew they drew fans. I didn't know how successful they were in the attendance department. Uh, it says that they averaged over 770 fans at their games this season, including seven sellouts of Pueblo Ice Arena, which holds 870. So they averaged a near sellout. I mean, they, they were totally new, which, I mean, yeah, that, that could play into it a little bit, I guess. But people also didn't know that the Pueblo Bowls were a thing until they started playing, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean we had talked about kind of the, when they were first formed, when, they, when the announcement was first made that – a WSHL team was coming to Pueblo and we talked about, you know, the, all the connections between the, the guys at the, at the front of Pueblo and El Paso. And, you know, we, we knew that they were in pretty, pretty good hands with that sort of, right. sort of pedigree. Uh, but, to have a 870-seat arena, sell that out seven times, and average north of 750 for your home games in, in a capacity that, that size, that's incredible. And, you know, it just shows how much that community has really embraced Pueblo um, in, in just one season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's, I mean, honestly, uh, where, where my sadness was initially uh, when this news came out was like, Oh man, 
I don't want to stop talking about Pueblo. I don't want to stop talking about NOCO and Fresno and Vegas. And it's like all these great storylines that we've had year after year after year, I didn't want to stop talking about. And so I'm, I'm excited to be able to keep talking about Pueblo, talk about their transition into this new league and just how much bigger are they going to grow? Like this was year one. They, they brought in incredible talent at the start of the year and then went out and got what, maybe three or four incredible guys at the deadline. Yeah. You know, just the way they built themselves up from the start and then, you know, picked up pieces during the season and at the deadline to really put themselves in a good position. You know, I, you know, the, the, the biggest disappointment is we didn't get to see them in the playoffs with, yeah. with everything that got canceled. Um, but, you know, the, the way they were just picking up pieces and just gathering momentum, you know, it, they would have been a scary out for any, yeah, any I team. I, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I could have seen El Paso knock them out. Um, but that would have been, that would have been real, real tough. Yeah, um, that, that would have been a war. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even think El Paso would have wanted a part of. No, no. Um, so were, were there any teams on this list that really shocked you when you saw that they, they were included in this move? I think the biggest shock was possibly Southern Oregon. So yeah. that's, that's exactly what I have written down on my list. You know, just with, with the sudden changes that they had to go through last off season, uh, you know, and now with this season having been ground to a complete stop with the coronavirus, you know, that, that was the team I was definitely concerned about, but you know, now that they're making this move, you know, does this sort of give them a second wind? Does this, does this boost them up? Well, it, it at least shows me that there's true commitment and ability from that organization as a whole, right? Because, I mean, they came in late and kind of saved the Spartans last year. But the USPHL wouldn't have accepted them as a new team if they didn't feel like they had that groundwork strongly there, right? So... Right. I mean, I, I, I was like, I was, I was concerned. I was concerned about Southern Oregon this past season. Um, didn't really know what was going to happen with that organization. And I mean, this sort of, this sort of, you know, makes me feel better about the team in Medford. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's not to say that they wouldn't have experienced success in the WSHL, you right. know, I if if anything, this is just more of a check that they're doing well enough that they're not going to experience a a severe amount of instability again. Right. I mean, this is, I mean, from from a USPHL standpoint, this is risky, right? Um, I mean, I mean, think about what we were saying a couple years ago when the WSHL expanded up into Canada. We were excited, but we were also thinking, oh, wow, if this doesn't work, what is this going to mean for this league? Well, if this doesn't work for the USPHL, now they still have 50 or 60 other teams that they can, <laughs> that they can fall back on, but this is kind of going out there on, on a ledge and saying, okay, 
let's let's hope that this expansion thing is uh is the right move right i mean you look at you look at the other divisions that the the usphl has yeah i I'm, i mean i'm not the best at geography but i did this i did this during prep okay the the furthest west that the usphl is right now Minnesota. <laughs> okay. Everyone talks about the western state of Minnesota, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean that that was their that was their western edge, you know, just like you know, here in the uh in the or in the WSHL the eastern edge has been Texas and Kansas and, you know, a few years back it was Oklahoma and even Missouri. Right. But, you know, there, it, it's not encompassing the entire country necessarily. There's, there's like a third that's, you know, left, left out just because, you know, the travel would be ridiculous at that point. Um, for a for a junior level hockey team, uh, so yeah, this is this is definitely the USPHL taking a a big risk, expanding westward beyond you know that central Midwest area of the country, and expanding their their foothold to include the West Coast and to include the Rocky Mountains and even a little bit of the Southwest. Yeah. Now, I, I think I mentioned it earlier on, that old USP3 division that they had, that, that had some West Coast teams, right? That had Eugene. Um, the West Sound Warriors used to be in that division, right? So they've been out West before. Um, that obviously didn't work, <laughs> you know? Uh, so you, you, you have to think that they went back to the drawing board over the past couple of years and thought, okay, what, what needs to change? What do we need to do differently? And, and hopefully uh, these new West Coast divisions or conferences will, um, will take those changes into account and will be here for a while. Because, I mean, I, I, I truly think this could have an impact on junior hockey just out West in general. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you don't necessarily think of the West coast still as being a big hockey area. You know, I, I still think that that's kind of lingering in a lot of minds out there is that, you know, West West Coast hockey, you know, hockey past, say, you know, the center part of the country. You know, Let's just throw out Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Minnesota would probably be like the borderline for yeah. people or maybe, maybe even the Dakotas. Because uh, you, you know, when you think college hockey, you think, right. you know, North Dakota right. hockey and, you know, things like that, you know you don't necessarily think of places like Colorado, even though, you know, they've had the avalanche now for what, 25 plus years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, they so, came in in 95, 96. So yeah. So do you think like, let's say, let's say this is successful, right? This expansion out West for the USPHL. Do you think, we could see the NAHL moving further out west. I I, I want to say they're in New Mexico right now. Um, they have an NA team out there, but NAHL or the USHL maybe trying to get into these smaller markets. Um, and then could this have an impact on NCAA D one hockey? Um, I mean, like right here at home. 
ASU is sort of the pioneer in that. I know UNLV up in Vegas is, is hoping one day to get to that point. Um, I mean, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing the game of hockey grow more and more out here in the West with, you know, you've got the efforts of NHL teams like Vegas, like Arizona. Um, you know, it was, a, it was just a few years ago that the American Hockey League, the primary affiliate of the NHL. That's right. A bunch of the West Coast teams bought their minor league teams and moved them to California. Um, into Bakersfield, San Jose, Ontario, San Diego, Stockton. And then the Coyotes followed a year later, brought a team to Tucson. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche now have the Colorado Eagles uh, that jumped from the ECHL to the AHL. Uh, and then there's another expansion team coming to the AHL in Palm Springs for when oh. uh, Seattle joins the league. Wow. So, okay. you know, you've got, you've, you, you're, you're seeing it being built slowly, but you're seeing it be being built gradually at the same time, you know, with all these uh, top minor league places bringing teams out here and then, you know, collegiately, you've got ASU. Uh, Colorado has like three NCAA teams, I want to say. They've got, they've got Denver, they've got Air Force, and I can't think of what the third one is. Colorado like, College. Colorado College, yeah, that's it. Um, so, you know, you're, you're seeing the, the roots finally starting to take hold in – in a lot of these Western places uh, and not to mention, you know, the NHL is going to be going to Seattle in another year or so. Right. So, you know, you're, you're seeing all the big places, like all the big hockey names start to be grabbing a foothold out here. So, you know, for these junior level uh, leagues, it it makes sense to jump on to the the craze that's coming and try and you know further help grow the game in these places by you know showing kids, hey, you know, you like you know this these minor league teams here, you like these NHL teams here. You know, you want to be one of these guys one day? Well, you know, here's here's sort of the tracks that we're going to be laying down here that are going to help you become that, you know. Be like, you know, the next Austin Matthews. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's it's just – it's so exciting right now, right? Um, and I know the news was daunting for people at first but I think that should be replaced with excitement in the coming weeks. So just, just a quick overview on the USPHL, right? Because I don't know about you, Charles, I I'd heard of it. I knew a few of the teams in the league, but I hadn't really known much. So the league's been around since 2012 and it's separated into different levels, sub leagues, um, there's the NCDC, which stands for the National Collegiate Development Conference. Then there's the Premier. The Premier is what all these teams are joining. And then there's the Elite. So the Premier is where all these, where they have like 50-some teams, right? That seems to be like the main level. They also then have affiliates in the National Collegiate Development Conference. Um, now, uh, all of those NCDC teams are East Coast teams, 
Um, so we'll see if there's expansion in that conference as well. Um, and see if there's any affiliates closer to the West Coast teams. Um, they have divisions all the way down to 15U. Um, yeah, they, they are unsanctioned. They used to be USA hockey sanctioned. So a little bit of a um, familiar piece there with the WSHL, right? They used to be right. USA hockey sanctioned, and then that went away. <laughs> and then expansion went crazy. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah. Uh, and then I would say the team to beat in the USPHL premiere are the Hampton Roads Whalers. So they've won three of the last four titles and uh, won the last two. So that's just a few of the quick, fast, fun facts about the league. Um, There is a lot to learn about this new USPHL. Um, So just a quick rundown on the teams. We said the furthest west they were was Minnesota. They had six teams in Minnesota, um, five in Massachusetts, five in New York, four in Michigan. They're also in Florida, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, North Carolina, New Hampshire, Ohio, Georgia, Maine, and South Carolina. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, how – how many how many weird conversations are we going to have on the podcast now about like how long of a bus ride it is from like Minnesota to to Georgia? <laughs> yeah, I I mean I, I don't know how they schedule things with a fifty eight right. something team league. I I gotta imagine it's like it's like the NCAA where it's just like you play the teams that are close to you or in your conference or division. I, I, I gotta I gotta figure that makes up most of it, but you know, there's some crossover but not like you have to go from Minnesota to Georgia every year. Yeah, I mean I, I, I doubt that's happening. Um so that's the WS or the USPHL side of things. Now the WSHL side of things. Um, the WSHL reacted to this with a press release last night. Now the press release is mostly just about the coronavirus and what the future of the league holds and, um, the fact that right now the plan is still to start back up the first weekend of October. Uh, But they also mentioned in the press release, they're being smart about it, right? If for for some reason beyond our control, the season is pushed back on the calendar, we will make the necessary adjustments. Um, I mean, they were were quick to pull the trigger on this past season. And so I have have no doubt in my mind that they're going to, they're going to do the smart thing here. Right. So yeah, absolutely. The the biggest concern right now for the WSHL is safety and, you know, making sure that, you know, the, the players are healthy. uh, You know, the billet families are doing all right. You know, make, making sure that, you know, all, all their pieces are taken care of. Uh, before, you know, starting up again. And, you know, while, while, you know, you think, oh, October is still, you know, five and a half months away, you know, who knows where we're going to be with coronavirus at that point. You know, you know, we don't, we truly don't know how long this, this pandemic's going to go on for and you know what different states are going to do like you know when when do different state officials think it's okay to 
kind of ease back into being able to socially gather again. Um, you know, and that's, that, that's a thing that, you know, even the top leagues are dealing with right now. So, yeah. You know, well, and I, and I saw news uh, before we started uh, doing the podcast today that U S and Canada extended, uh, uh, extended the like closure of the border for like another 30 days or whatever for non-essential travel. Um, I don't believe a junior hockey player playing for the Hinton Timberwolves is essential travel to go from, you know, his home in Boston to Hinton, Alberta. Uh, so, I mean, just like even things like that. Um, when I was trying to find news about all of these changes, I found articles about junior hockey players stuck <laughs> uh, in wherever the market was that they were playing because they couldn't travel. Right. And so like, there's going to be so much fluidity to this whole situation. Um, and I'm, I'm confident in their ability to, to, to handle this. Um, I'm, I'm hoping the USPHL handles it the same sort of way. Um, they have an even tougher <laughs> uh, road ahead of them with teams in what? What do we say? Twenty-four different states. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it is. Uh, it, it's a bit of a crazy time for for these leagues. But hidden in this press release, right in the middle, it says although it appears that a few veteran teams are departing, there will be a few new teams joining the WSHL for next season both in the U.S. and Canada. Now, later on, it says that, you know, uh, there's still the possibility to add the right team or teams in the right location or locations, and those interested should contact the league by the email and the press release. So, I've seen rumors of up to seven teams potentially joining the WSHL. That would bring them back up to 19. I don't think 19 is a bad number. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of even saw it this past year when, you know, the league had about that many teams, uh, probably a couple more than that. But, you know, we were talking on the podcast about how, you know, these were fun races to watch for the playoffs. I mean, mainly because, you know, there was a, there was a lot of close battles to watch and also the fact that, you know, prior to everything closing down, you know, there were teams that there was a cutoff line where, you know, if you were fifth or worse in your division you didn't go to the playoffs right which had which was a big change from past seasons where it was basically everyone got in or it was the top six and the divisions were anywhere between six and eight teams so you know it's you know we we were really starting to see you know an improvement in the overall quality of play in the league before well, so, everything, everything shut down. I mean, that's, that's been an argument in the past few years, right? Um, I mean, I remember, I remember talking to Ron White one time on a Phoenix Knights broadcast and he wanted to expand, expand, expand. Um, right. And sort of the reaction to that was, Oh, well, if you expand too much, then it's going to water down the product. And, you know, there was complaints on that end. And now there's, you know, complaints that, you know, a smaller league means the league is going away. <laughs> and it's like, well, you, you, you can't have it both ways, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean. Find, I, find the middle ground. And, and honestly, I think 20 is the middle ground. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think you're right. Because, I mean, we, we, when I first got involved with the Knights and, learning about the WSHL, you know, they had, I want to say it was close to 30 teams. Yeah. 
and yeah. you know which i mean that was you know you you think that's great because you know you know bigger bigger leagues have 30 teams you know so this they they work out well what about you know this well i mean the problem with this is everyone's got to build their own roster and you know you're competing with a number of other different leagues as well for spots and you know that's how you end up with teams that don't make it through the entire season or teams that are running out there with a skeleton crew of 11 to 12 skaters and you know that's that's a problem you know yeah. when you when you have those teams at the bottom that and they are struggling to feel the team and then they're struggling on the ice as well you know we're we're talking about teams that you know are getting beaten 15 to 1 on a regular basis you know that's right. not that's not good either so you know by going down in terms of teams you know it's it's unfortunate yes for those those places that have lost a, a junior hockey team but the overall quality of the product that the WSHL has been putting out has been getting noticeably better yeah now um these seven markets here's a few of the rumored markets i want to stress rumored i do not have inside information charles do you have any inside sources that uh that that you want to expose here on the podcast i have none to speak of (laughs) so rumors right these are rumors rumors that we have heard alleged Lake Tahoe. Uh, now, is that you, one really a, is that one really an expansion though? Because well, let, let, well, I only say that because when the league read oh, that's line, right, <laughs> Tahoe was listed as being dormant, dormant. but still there. So wow. that that one has that one has at least some solidarity to it i think i so i totally forgot about that whole realignment graphic where they they were just listed by themselves yeah yeah i mean i would i would put that as a as a pretty solid rumored city then yeah i um, mean i mean it, it it's definitely i you know again no sources but i would just based on what we've seen in the past that that one has at least some foothold in reality. Right. Um, how about this next one? Tulsa. <laughs> my, my favorite story with Tulsa. And now I'm not laughing about expanding into Tulsa. I, I think Tulsa deserves another team. I'm laughing because there was one summer where we were being told that Tulsa was coming and then wasn't coming and was coming and then wasn't coming. Um, And so if there's a solid ownership group in Tulsa, go for it. I want, I want that part of the country. I mean, there's, that's a part of the country that the USPHL isn't in right now. Right. So maybe that's where the WSHL kind of needs to carve out their footprint. yeah, the, I mean Tulsa. Tulsa could be a spot. Yeah, and and again, that's a spot that the WSHL has history in. You know, with the with the junior with the junior Oilers, right? Is is Tulsa's? So I, you know, that one doesn't seem, you know, too out there, or you know, it it doesn't seem like you're just pulling a name of a city out of thin air and saying, Hey, they might be expanding here you know, Cause you know, the league has had a presence there before. So it makes sense that they could possibly go back. How about this one? Las Vegas. 
What do you think about the idea of expanding into Las Vegas in back-to-back years? Well, I mean, if the Thunderbirds of the USPHL are going to be at City National. Sobe's open. Sobe's open. Or um, what's what's the other one they have there? Las Vegas. Las Vegas Ice Center. Ice Center, yeah. Castle. So, you know, there are definitely other rinks there. So, you know, it 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 wouldn't be too surprising to see the the league go back there. And I mean, we we've talked about it before where it it just feels right to have a team in Vegas considering that's where the showcase is every year. Right, right. It, yeah. it because otherwise it's like, you know, why why is this the home base? You know, but but yeah, I mean if you if you keep a team in Vegas and I mean, you know, we we talked about it with the Thunderbirds and the Thunderbirds got local news coverage. Um, it, you know, it might've been from their, uh, their play-by-play guy having some ins with, uh, with local news since he's, I think on Fox five there. Um, but they, they still were able to do that. Um, and so if Vegas is willing to, you know, continue to support, support more and more and more hockey, Take advantage. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, as far as I know, the uh, the hockey craze in Vegas hasn't died down. I mean, that that might change when the Raiders come in, but but that know. won't last long. Nah, I mean, pe- people will learn pretty quickly that they don't want to be <laughs> Raiders fans. Um, all right, and then my my favorite, uh, and I'm sure you can all guess why, Phoenix. Phoenix is being rumored. Could you imagine being able to go and watch live junior hockey again? It, it, it's definitely something I've missed. You know, I, I, I definitely still fondly remember uh, the times that we worked together at uh, AZ Ice Gilbert for the nights, you know, and just the experience of, you know, going out to – a hockey game on a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. You know, that's, yeah, that's definitely something I'd like to see return. Yeah. And um, I mean, again, these are all complete rumors. Um, But I, I mean, I have to agree with you now. I think Tahoe is probably the most solid rumor here, right? Just from, just from what we've seen in the past. So, um, the league did say that um, more information will be forthcoming as the decisions are made regarding the likelihood and structure of the 2020-21 season in regards to um, the pandemic and everything, all those effects. So typically we start seeing expansion announcements either in February, right? We, I think we saw Pueblo and Vegas both in February or March, but then we start seeing it around May, but we see it around May because that's when league meetings are. Um, and they're typically in Vegas. I don't think the league is holding face-to-face meetings <laughs> this year in Vegas. Um, so. I wonder if we could maybe see some expansion teams popping up sooner than that. Right. You know, it's, it, it's definitely going to be tricky to get everything organized when, you know, you're not able to travel and meet with owners and uh, of course, Ron White face to face you know, imagine they're going to be hopping on uh, conference call apps and yeah. having to having to conduct league business in that regards. Um, but you know, we'll we'll definitely see what's what's coming for the WSHL. I mean, I'm 
I'm excited to see, you know, the steps that they take uh, here in the summer. And, you know, with this announcement, it sounds like we'll be getting more teams and, you know, like, like we said earlier, you know, I, I strongly feel like the, oh, the WSHL is dead or is dying or is getting absorbed, you know, those are just heightened knee-jerk reactions to the current situation and just how everyone's feeling right now. I mean, you know, this pressure at least seems to say, you know, everyone just calm down. <laughs> we're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be fine, you know. Yes, some teams are going to the USPHL, but you know, we're gonna be getting expansion teams in the summer or in in the near future at least. And you know, we're looking forward to getting back on the ice once it is deemed okay to do so. So here's how the WSHL currently stands. 12 teams, Dallas, El Paso, OKC, and Wichita, all in the Midwest. Bellingham, Ogden, and Seattle in the Northwest. Barhead, Cold Lake, Edson, and Hinton, all four still up in the Provincial. And then Valencia all by themselves in the West. Like we said earlier, Valencia's future, we don't really know that right now. Um, Ice Station Valencia shut down, uh, what, maybe two weeks ago at this point? Yeah, it was a, it was a, I want to say it was a little bit earlier than that even. I want to say okay. it was about the, it was about the time, uh, or I want to say it was more around the time that everything kind of went on lockdown, but yeah. Then again, all the days are starting to blur together when you're <laughs> when you're when you're in quarantine. You know, it's it's hard to keep track of everything. I'd, I'd have to go look back at the original post, but yeah, there the the ice station in Valencia. It sounds like it's permanently closing, um, which of course leaves Valencia without a home rink. So who knows what they do with that situation um, if there's if they're forced to go to another rink somewhere else in the Southern California area or if they have to leave Southern California altogether if they just straight up suspend operations who knows um, I mean, I I don't think we've heard anything from the Flyers organization regarding no. what their future is. But you know, right now they're they're a team without a rink. Right. So you know, who if this if this press is on further, you know, I don't know what the WSHL would necessarily do for that. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would guess that they would. I mean, the best case scenario there is you have to at least move. Um, I mean, there's other places in that area, right? I mean, there's other places in Southern California where there's rinks. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's it's not just like you know, like a like a coaching issue that you know spelled the end for for phoenix this is like you know this is a sheet of ice (laughs) ron ron white can't put on a search and you know build a sheet of ice in valencia for the flyers yeah yeah it's 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 unfortunate when it's that particular piece of the puzzle that you're now missing yeah because you know that's that's an integral part of being able to play hockey breaking news (laughs) yeah (laughs) We don't have sources, but we do know that ice is important for hockey. Uh, <laughs> so, um, be, before we wrap this up, um, I want to let everyone know you can still 
support black dog hockey and your, uh, your hockey addiction during the summer. Um, so they have this new summer subscription that came out last month. You get four months of access for only $49.99. They have over 3,000 uh, games on their video on-demand archives. There's 3,750 games that you can go back and watch dating back to 2017. So you can, uh, you can watch hockey all the time. There's more hockey on here on Black Dog than you have time to watch. <laughs> um, so uh, you can go to bdehockey.com and find out how you can sign up to purchase that summer subscription. Um, also, this is, I mean, this is the first episode that you and I have recorded of a podcast outside of the Franciscan Renewal Center. It is. Um, and so just a little bit of news on them. They've, they've uh, temporarily shut down operations uh, from, for like groups booking uh, rooms, like how we always promote to you guys on a weekly basis. Um, yes, but- unfortunately, that would be really bad social distancing. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially in the room that, that we're usually in. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole and, room is about six feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so you can, um, you can still check them out. Go to casameetings.org. Um, and when this is all over with, with the pandemic, there's not going to be a more beautiful place for you to hold your nonprofit's first post-pandemic conference than at the Franciscan Renewal Center. It's peaceful, it's beautiful, it is nestled in Paradise Valley. It's a meeting place so serene that even the trees whisper. So again, that's casameetings.org for more information. All right, do you have any final thoughts for the folks? Yeah, you know, it's uh, good to be back talking with you all. I mean, I know it's not our usual setting, but you know, it was, it was great to get back on the the podcast with a new name and, you know, looking forward to continue doing these, uh, even if the pandemic keeps us all apart, you know, this is a way for us to be together. Right. And there are over 50 new markets that we need to learn. So if I count, that would be 50 consecutive weeks of quizzing you on uh, new USPHL markets. (laughs) Oh, help me. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep doing this over the summer. Um, Especially after having to try and, you know, try and figure out how to record here on zoom. Uh, That, that took a while enough for us. So, (laughs) So, so, so yeah, more of these will be coming out. So be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WSJR Hockey Talk and join in on the Facebook group, Western States Junior Hockey Talk. So for Charles Woodall-Pike, my name is Stephen Force, and we will talk to you in the next episode.